Discipleship starts with a conversation. And in this podcast and the next, we're going to shift gears from the conversations we've been having recently, and we're going to lean into a topic that I think can be personally painful, as well as relationally and culturally painful. This two-part series, I must say, has personally plumbed the depths of my heart, and yet God has used this powerfully in my own life, and that's why I offer it to you now. I invite you to listen to these podcasts and seek God about what He'd have to say to you for your life through these, and then based on that, speak into the lives of those He's entrusted to you through Discipleship Conversations. Hi, my name is Tasha Williams. I'm the founder of the Family Disciple Me Ministry. The link to the written discipleship conversation and verse images that go along with this episode can be found in the show notes below. Thanks for joining me. After all the pain, turmoil, upheaval, and division of this past year, I think we can all agree that our world needs hope and healing and reconciliation. There are so many pieces just in our country alone that are not the way we would want them to be. There are so many shreds and tatters and tears amongst us. Oh, are we in need of amending. I wish our country had a different story, a better, kinder story. But do you ever feel like you wish you had a better story? To be honest, sometimes I do. I must say, I love my life. I love my family. I love my marriage. I love my world. But there are some days that I look at my life and I see pieces that are just not the way I want them to be. There are some days when, yes, I do want a better story. I cry out to God about this, about finding hope and healing in my own life, in the pieces and the parts of my story, because the truth is I'm broken. Truth is, I've got shattered pieces, shredded pieces in my life, and I'm guessing that you do too. There are pieces in all of our lives that are beautiful and healthy and good and enjoyable, but then there are those pieces that are frayed, threadbare, torn, and even destroyed. What do we do about that? Where can we find hope and healing in those parts of our lives and stories. This past summer, I listened to a lot of audiobooks as I worked around the farm and did my chores here and there, and I encountered a book called The Prayer Box by New York Times bestselling author Lisa Wingate. In it is the story of an elderly woman named Iola. She was a Christian but she was also an enigma to her town and the outer banks of North Carolina. Because she looked different and because people didn't know her, she was ostracized, despised, even hated. But then a hurricane hit. So the devastation wasn't just in relationship. It was a physical reality, not just to Iola, but to everyone in the community. Well, part of Iola's story was that for her lifetime, she wrote letters to God, prayers to process with him what she felt like he was teaching her and saying to her. And one of her prayer letters literally stopped me in my tracks. 
It immediately brought tears to my eyes, and it gave me a vision about life and brokenness, so much so that I kept hitting the replay button so I could hear this prayer again and again. Eventually, I went to my desk and I wrote down this prayer because it was so beautiful. And I want to read it to you now. Iola wrote in the days following the hurricane that hit her town, Dawn comes after darkness, and with it the promise that all that has been torn by the sea is not lost. All of life is a breaking and mending, clipping and stitching, gathering tatters and sewing seams. All of life is quilted from the scraps of what once was and is no more. The places we have been, the memories we have made, the people we have known, that which has been long loved but has grown threadbare over time and can be worn no longer. We keep only pieces, all colors, all shapes, all sizes, all waiting to be stitched into the pattern only you can see. In the quiet, after the storm, I hear you whisper, Daughter, do not linger where you are. Take up your needle and your thread and go see to the mending. Something about this passage evokes emotion from me every time I hear it and every time I read it. All of life is quilted from scraps. I don't imagine any of us wanted lives of scraps, lives of what's frayed and torn and broken and shattering our health, our finances, our relationships. Nobody gets married to get divorced. None of us wants to have to deal with mental illness in our families or in our friendships. None of us have children in order to invite more pain into our lives. Nobody invests in friendship in order to be betrayed. None of us wakes up one day and says, I don't want to feel healthy anymore. I would prefer to feel sick. None of us invest financially, not to mention relationally, with the hopes of losing everything. And yet, here we are. Our stories are broken. I find myself at this point sometimes, and I know others do too. I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a friend. And the stories of pain become entrusted to me, like tearful confidences. What do we do about this? What is the hope? Where is the healing? for our own lives and stories, as well as for the lives and the stories of those who are entrusted to us, be that our children and our grandchildren, our family members, our friends, as well as those we minister to. I think the thing that captured me so much about Iola's prayer letter to God was this statement. In the quiet after the storm, God, I hear you whisper, daughter, do not linger where you are. Take up your needle and your thread and go see to the mending. That statement echoed in my mind for days and weeks. I kept listening to it and re-listening to it on the audiobook. I hand copied it. I reread it. Little by little, God began to use it to bring hope and healing into my life. And with it, He began to propel me toward a new picture of what the mending can and should look like in our lives. And I'd like to say the mending we need is reconciliation. 
We hear that word a lot in our culture, usually in relationship to the word racial. Racial reconciliation is vastly important, and our culture still hasn't gotten this one right after hundreds of years. There are a thousand reconciliations that are needed in this world, and we're going to talk more about that in the next episode. But for now, the first and the foremost reconciliation doesn't start out there. It starts in here. And by that, I mean in our very own lives and hearts and stories. The mending starts as a move of God in us and then becomes the message of mending that we get to share with others. 2 Corinthians 5 and 6 talk a lot about this reconciliation, but I think that 2 Corinthians 5.18 sums it all up, saying this, Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. With this verse are two things that, if we will engage them and live them, can change everything. These two things are part and parcel. They are both and. They are the yin and the yang. They're the two sides of the same coin. The first is, Christ reconciled us to himself. The second is, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This verse is the focus for our discipleship conversations both this week and next. It's a really short verse, but these two weeks of discipleship are about these two concepts. The mending is about how God changes us and then how God wants us to change the world. If you will, let me get technical for just one moment. In this one short excerpt of a verse, there are two different Greek words that are similarly translated. The word reconciliation means to change, to restore, to exchange, to restore to favor. Personally, I kind of like this word. I like the idea of things being changed, restored, put back in a favorable condition. But then there's the other word. And in this exact verse, it's a different Greek word, but it too is translated reconciled. It's just the slightest of nuances. It's very similar. But this particular word means I change, I exchange. And to be honest, though I'm quite happy with the first word and definition, I don't so much like the second one that says, I change. I kind of like to think that all the changes need to happen out there, in the world, in culture, in politics, in relationship, in those around me, in the broken spaces and places surrounding me. But the truth is that Christ reconciled us to himself, and this is where the mending must happen first. Reconciliation doesn't begin out there. We can't expect a broken world full of broken people to just mend their own lives without example, without help. The mending starts in here, in us. And what does this mending look like? Well, chapter 5, verse 11 through 15 says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, for the love of Christ controls us, because we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died 
for their sake and was raised. Before I get to demand the world to buck up and become a better place, before I expect those around me to become better people, before I demand a better story based on them getting a better story, as a Christ follower, I must first examine my own heart. Verse 11 says, it's the fear of God, which makes me wonder, what am I afraid of? Shame? Regret? Misunderstanding? Or maybe it's others' opinions. Verse 14 talks about being controlled by Christ's love, and it makes me ask the question, what else is controlling me? Verse 15 talks about living for him who died for us, which makes me wonder, what else am I living for? The mending starts with an honest examination of our own tears and tatters, our own fears and strongholds, our own broken relationships, our own purposes and reasons in living. Christ loves us and he died for us. He wants us to fear him most. He wants us to be controlled by his love, and he wants us to live for more than ourselves. So I would say the mending begins with an honest assessment of our lives. Verse 17 in this chapter says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I gave my life to Christ when I was four years old. He saved my soul. He secured my eternity. But a lot of the old me, the old sinful nature, it keeps showing up. It shows up when I don't want to forgive. It shows up when my anger is a hot button. It shows up when my pride keeps me from loving another person the way I should. In Christ, God is taking away my shredded tatters and is making me new. Piece by piece, he's making me into a new person in his image, in his likeness, into what he created me to be in the first place. And friend, that is true for you in the mending too. Scripture says in verse 18, all this comes from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The phrase, all this is from God, means he's working in us. He's doing this in us, something not even the most determined of us can do ourselves. Recently, I was reading a Jerry Jenkins book called The Chosen, and in it, there was this statement that one of his characters made that he was called to serve God, not to become God. And friend, I just want to say, you're not going to be God. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to handle everything perfectly any more than I am. But God is working in us and through us, and he's doing in us what even the most determined of us cannot do in ourselves. So the word reconciled, the I change word for reconciled, expresses the reality. He's doing the work in here, and then he invites us into the work for others out there. It's not about expecting the world or our relationships or other people to change but being changed in the core of who we are and then demonstrating and delivering that message of change to the world. We're going to pick up with this idea in the next podcast, this idea of delivering that message of hope and change to the world. But for now, what are we allowing God to do in us? Are we more forgiving than we were last year? 
Are we more loving this year than we were when 2020 ended? Are we more peaceful? Are we more joyful? Are we more giving? Are we more serving? Life may feel like a storm right now, but God can calm those storms. He can take the broken pieces and he can bring beauty from ashes piece by piece, forgiving moment by forgiving moment, loving action by loving action, service by meaningful service, moment of generosity by moment of generosity, kindness by kindness. God wants us to be part of his ministry of reconciliation. And when he works these amazing things in our own hearts, they begin to spill out on the world so that the world can experience the mending too. One heart, one life, one broken story at a time. Friend, I know that this podcast episode is a little bit different than normal, but I invite you into this. I invite you to think about this. I invite you to pray about this. I invite you to meditate on 1 Corinthians 5.18 and see what God would have to say to you because we live in a broken world that's been tattered by a thousand storms. 2020 proved that true on a worldwide and national level. But God wants us to pick up our needle and thread right where we are and make a difference in our lives for His glory and our good today. So let's do that. Let's live that. Let's seek Him about that. And then let's speak into the lives of those He's entrusted to us about that. Thank you for being with me in this podcast. And as we close, I just want to pray. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you. And as you are willing to let him mend your heart, as you pick up the needle and thread and go see to the mending he has for you, may he give you peace. Go with God, friend.